Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini, a data journalist based in Chennai. Two nights a week on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I'm considering this one. Why exactly did India's pandemic peak and then decline in mid-September? It's day 280 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. and we are reporting 8,266,914 cases with 123,139 deaths. The headline Indian story as such is that daily new cases in India appear to have peaked roughly between the 7th and the 17th of September when we came close to seeing 100,000 new cases every day. And since then, cases have steadily declined every week. Over the most recent week for instance India is now seeing fewer than 50000 new cases each day so that's roughly at the level we were in mid to late july this is not a product of low testing daily tests can be a bit inconsistent but we are broadly in a place where we are conducting close to a million tests each day sure a lot of them are antigen tests that are less sensitive and there isn't as good a follow up with symptomatic negatives as there's meant to be but that isn't the explanation Across the country hospitals are very much reporting a decline in admissions and in bed occupancy so this is really happening for cases to rise hit a peak and then decline makes sense to me but what makes less sense is what determines the level at which cases peak and when this happens i spoke to professor gautam menon professor of physics and biology at ashoka university who also works on the modeling of infectious diseases and is a wonderful science communicator which is why i have had him on multiple times on medium i'll post links to some of his recent popular science articles i began with my essential basic question so what i'm trying to do is right now is figure out why we are where we are right now and what we can say we've learned and um, some of the things to look ahead to what i'm still not able to understand is it's not that we've hit even within the cities we've probably not hit herd immunity threshold levels so i'm not able to understand why it is this particular threshold at which everything seems to be dropping everywhere i really remain a bit mystified about that and i'm wondering if there's something very basic that i'm missing okay i can try and explain how i think about it okay and one is that the herd immunity calculation the understanding of that number Mm-hmm. really comes from assuming that everyone has roughly an equal chance of being infected by the disease if they encounter someone who is infectious right that's not typically how we function societally right. we typically interact with small groups of people we have our own social networks some people interact with larger numbers but most people mm-hmm. have somewhat restricted networks it's your family it's a few people you interact with when you go outside the grocer etc etc so how diseases spread on a network and what mm-hmm. limits disease spread on a network can mm-hmm. be quite different from what these herd immunity numbers suggest right so i suspect that's what happens that's what happened so far in the major cities of india mm-hmm. is that we've hit a threshold that corresponds to those networks themselves being saturated right that the people you're most likely to be infected from mm-hmm. you probably already got the infection from them at some level of people with with the sort of networks where it's inevitable that they contact people and they will have likely contacted people with the disease right people who are still able to insulate themselves insulate those around them from the disease people who are generally let's say a higher socio economic class in bombay and so on Right. they will you will see smaller numbers because they they are able to protect themselves from their environment right 
Right. So I think what's driving the sustained decrease, mm-hmm. which is really being driven by the cities, Delhi, Bombay, etc., is mm-hmm. really a network effect. Mm-hmm. There are more people to be infected in a sort of classic uh, herd immunity threshold sort of approach. Right. And whether they will get infected or not will depend upon how the opening up proceeds. Right. If you open up so that people are suddenly accessible mm-hmm. much more to people who are infectious then you will see a subsequent rise and delhi is seeing something like that delhi is probably seeing a third wave in a sense you can see it went up went down went up went down it's now going up again to levels that exceeded that exceed the level that it had earlier mm. so that would be my interpretation i think in the cities it is saturated but now the large increase in numbers will probably come from the more rural areas of india where we have less knowledge about what's going on overall I found this explanation of the concept of networks very useful to think about. If an event that caused significant alterations of these networks was to occur, if schools and colleges were to reopen for example, I think we would see our exposure suddenly change quite radically and then perhaps a new surge. Professor Menon's Delhi example brought me to my next question. So let me ask you uh, something related then and which is to do with um, the Delhi example which is I understand I understand if cities or states were taking radically different approaches from each other then there would be uh, resultant uh, differences in the trajectories of the virus that we could imaginably see but i i mean if i look around in chennai for example the city seems indistinguishable from uh, the past to me and even mask wearing has uh, fallen considerably the only difference remains in um, bus uh, frequency so i'm not able to understand then that what uh, it could explain second and third waves in some cities versus others when governance uh, decisions are not so radically different um that's a very good question and i think the structure of each indian city is somewhat different the structure of bombay with the reliance on long distance public transport is very large slum areas etc is very different from what chennai is with its high population and basically much of what tamil nadu has seen has really been chennai and surrounding districts right. and a little less maybe a little bit of coimbatore and other parts mm-hmm. so it's hard to compare even indian cities with each other Right. because they're all structured somewhat differently so even though the measures that may have been taken in each of these cities look on the surface somewhat different mm-hmm. how they impact the population and how disease spread could be different mm-hmm. and if you just look at the top 20 districts in india and mm-hmm. most of them are urban districts the right. picture of the, of the epidemic is very different in each of these look at kerala as an example which controlled its numbers very well but now is probably the only um, indian state which has numbers in test positivities in excess of about 12 13% maybe there one or two others but it's it's, it's unusual it's very hard to predict if if one had ever thought that there would be a good example an indian example of how to deal with covid 19 that would have been kerala because it did everything correctly for a right. long time The Kerala example again led me to something that I've been thinking about. When we all know that things like ventilation, wearing masks and distancing helps keep spread at bay. Why is it that some well-governed countries like France and Germany are still facing new surges? The other important thing to remember about how disease is spread and it's sort of very obvious when you think about models is that some of it is just luck, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just 
even if you do everything right it just takes one person who seems happens to be hyper infectious coming yeah. out infecting a bunch of people then moving on and these are the eventualities there's a lot of contingency in it these yeah. are the eventualities that no one can really plan for so if you can say that look this country did it well this country did it badly yeah. they could have done equally well but there could have been one unfortunate event in one country and the other country could have done it fine so these you should always remember i think everyone who thinks about this should remember that there is an element of contingency Right. and that will always be there lastly i asked professor menon about the unexplained differences so far in the trajectory of the virus between indian states and even cities i feel like there are parts of the explanation that are um, that could be hypothesized um, density of housing levels of urbanization past experience of uh, reporting or misreporting but would you say that do you feel that these sort of known or plausible hypotheses between them largely explain the variation or are there elements that still seem um unknown i think there are elements that still remain somewhat unknown why for example are up and bihar reporting such low numbers yeah is it really because of the mix of the testing that they're using or is there something intrinsic is there something intrinsic about the way that they just took public health more seriously mask wearing more seriously have they just been lucky so far and that will change once the festival season comes along mm-hmm. the point is that we just don't know yeah <laughs> i think that's the fairest way of saying it to yeah. some extent one can argue that these are less urban areas yeah. and there are you know that and lower density is probably has something to do with why things didn't take off as fast as they did as say in bombay or pune or in in delhi mm-hmm. or in bangalore that mm-hmm. might be one sort of saving um, yeah. factor that saved them in general younger populations throughout india is one reason why we've seen less mortality relative to our overall population right. whether there is an additional biological effect that sits on top of that we don't know why elderly people why mortality in elderly people seems to saturate a little bit rather than going up as steeply mm-hmm. as it did in the us right. may reflect social fact i mean a lot of elderly in the us are in care homes and this disease sort of rips through care homes right. if there's one infectious person whereas most indians are in some family situation and i think most families have taken some trouble to protect those who are elderly who stay with them so it's a complex mix of social issues how the disease proceeds how young a population is maybe some biological factors it's a biological factor that are hardest to disentangle from this mix right and i think the others one could possibly account for but we still don't know yet whether there is some underlying biology of disease involved of immune system involved that protects not just indian but all of south asia if you look at numbers in pakistan bangladesh india sri lanka etc all of the mortality has been less on a comparable basis say per million of the population compared yeah. to even brazil and right. brazil would have been closest to us in analogy i found his explanation terrific there are things that we know and things that we do not and it's useful to make a clear delineation between the two I hope to ask more such questions to understand what exactly we know so far and what we do not in upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurthy. On the next episode, a new question.